All right, what is good, TLC? Welcome, welcome. I have a good word for you guys today. If you are joining us, welcome to seventh week of quarantine, worshiping at home. We're doing house church today. Uh, give a like or heart. Just let everyone know you're representing, you're in the house, and uh, you're here to uh, listen and hear what God has to say to you. All right? All right. You know, we've been focusing a lot on um, leveling up, on connecting in communion with God. And you know me, I'm all about the do, and I'm all about the uh, service work, and I'm all about giving yourself in this season to grow, to serve the people around you, to do your best to actively engage with God. But I would be amiss if I would not pause, seeing that this is the seventh week, right, into our quarantine to not talk about the restoring the sacred rest that we ought to have. Everyone say sacred rest. That's right, sacred rest. I'm not talking about you in your underwear, sitting in bed, right, sleeping till 3 p.m. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about you, right, chilling in front of your screen till 5 in the morning. I'm not talking about that kind of sacred rest. I'm talking about the sacred rest that we ought to have with God as we engage with Him during this season. You know, it is a season where you're constantly bombarded with uh, worries. You're constantly bombarded with stress. You're constantly bombarded with anxiety about work or whatnot. And so in this season, it's also important as much as we are seeking to do the work that we ought to be doing to grow with God. I don't want it to be just about doing, but actually coming to a place where you are delighting and meeting and resting in God. Okay. So... Three things we're going to learn today. Okay? We're going to learn about the sacred rest. Well, three things we're going to learn about it. First, we're going to learn about the importance of the heart. Two, we're going to learn about the importance of delighting. And three, how to find it. The importance of the heart when it comes to sacred rest. The importance of delighting in God when it comes to sacred rest. And, and how to actually find it during this season. All right? So in your Bibles, we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 to 3. And what you're going to see here in these three verses is we're going to see um, Isaiah mentioning about the people. The people here, they've been doing pretty good. The people have been living justly. They've been living rightly. They've, they've tried to humble themselves before God. right? And the problem was God was not answering them. They thought they did everything they were supposed to do. They followed the commandments, they served, they fast, they disciplined themselves, and for some reason, they weren't experiencing God. For some reason, they weren't experiencing His presence, right? And the answer is why? And we're going to learn about that, right? So open your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 to 3, okay? Check this out with me right now. 58. Shout it out loud. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For, the day, for day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. And they say, why have we fasted and you have not seen us? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Right? And so here they are. Right? God, is, God is telling the people, say, hey, these people, they seem very eager to connect with God. They seem like they want to seek God, 
for wisdom and for counsel. They seem like they are they're wanting to come near to God, or God to come near to them. They want to experience Him, but the problem was God wasn't answering them. God wasn't coming close to them. They weren't experiencing, they weren't being captivated, they weren't being captured by God. And the question is, why? See, it's very easy during this time of quarantine as we're trying to, you know, learn about leveling up Fasting, solitude, studying, being together with community, memorizing your Bible, praying, right? As we're seeking all these disciplines, it's, it's, uh, it's easy during this time to say, yeah, I'm, I'm seeking out God. I'm, I'm seeking out um, my connection with God, but He's not really answering. I'm not experiencing Him. I feel kind of, uh, when it comes to God, right? Some of you guys are probably like saying this, uh, saying this in your mind, like, PT, I'm trying. I hear the word of the week every week. I'm trying my disciplines. I, 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 hit it. I, I tried fasting. I tried solitude. I took a walk here and there. I tried memorizing the Bible. I tried praying, etc. Okay. I even served as people. I carried these boxes all over Orange County. I show up for Sunday service. I, I, I go online for Bible study. I'm doing all these things, and the problem is I'm not experiencing God. I feel like God's not answering me. I feel like God is not coming to meet with me, right? You're probably in the same boat as the people in Isaiah 58. They're confused too. They really want to meet God. They really want to see God, but something is wrong. Is that you, church? Are you in that place right now? Here's the reason why. Look at verse 4. This is what he says. Or the end of verse 3, I'm sorry. It says this, Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please, and you exploit all your workers. Verse 4, Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today, and expect your voice to be heard on high. See, they had all the right actions. They were doing the disciplines. They were, they were going through the motion of it. But here's the problem. They forgot the most important thing. The heart. Everybody say heart at home. Right? Everybody bust out the Korean sign right here. Boom. Right? They had all the show of devotion. They had all, all the eagerness of it. They even went through the motion of it. But the problem was God was not answering. And, and he's saying, you know, reason, you know the reason why I'm not answering you? You know the reason why I'm not meeting you in your Bible studies? Why well, I'm not meeting you in the Sunday service? Why I'm not meeting you in your fasting and your solitude? Do you know why? Because of your heart. They had all show, but no heart. I mean, for us, it's the same way, okay? I'm not trying to say that we have no one out there has heart, has, has no heart. But what I'm saying is this could be you. You're not experiencing his overwhelming presence, right? There's little joy with him. On the days you should be, you, that you're doing your devos, on the days that you are looking into his word, are the exact same days where you are fighting with your mom and dad. You're fighting with your husband or your wife. You're fighting with your siblings. You're quarreling with them. On the same day you spent reading and studying the Word for whatever amount of minutes you do it for, you spent 23 hours glued to a screen, playing whatever game you play, watching whatever things you watch. On the same day you show up for service or Bible study, you turn it on, but you're not there. You have it playing in the background like white noise, but you're focused on everything else. You know what's so good about white noise? It's, it's soothing, right? 
but you can't hear anything. You have all the show, but no heart. You see, what God desires, church, is not simply for us to do these things. Those things are wonderful to be done. These things that we, that we engage in are disciplines, coming to Sunday, worshiping together. It's beautiful, it's wonderful. But to go through the motion and forgetting the most important part of it, the heart, it has no power. Give me, I'll give you an example. Let's say, for example, Mother's Day is coming up. Let's say uh, a kid goes in to see his mom or her mom, right? Gives the card, sings the song, do a little jig, right? Gives the flowers, gives the chocolate, even makes breakfast. And it was a good, what, 30 minutes. And for the next 16 hours, that kid is locked up in their room doing their own thing, not talking to their mom, not engaging with them. And the mom comes in and she's kind of upset, rightly so. And she's like, hey, what about me? And you're like, what do you mean, mom? I gave you the flowers. I gave you the, the card. I even did a little dance for you, right? We cooked you breakfast. What else do you want? I want your heart. Those things are wonderful. They're sweet. They're awesome. But I want your heart behind it. See, the problem with the people here, God's people, was they were seeking God, but their heart wasn't for God. They did all they were supposed to do. They eagerly fasted. They humbled themselves. And God said, you didn't follow my commands. But your heart was not for me. So the first thing you have to realize when we're trying to restore the sacred rest, and I'm trying my best to make sure that in this, it's actually kind of really um, great timing because this is the seventh week of our quarantine, and we have been doing a lot of things for the past six weeks. Maybe this week, God is trying to tell us it's time to remember the sacred rest. And it starts with remembering the importance of not just doing, but the heart behind it. So the question is this. Okay, PT, I get it. So what does, what does it mean to have heart? What does it mean so that I can restore my sacred rest? What does it mean to have heart? And this is what he says in verse 13. He's gonna, he, um, Isaiah talks a lot about fasting. We're going to skip through that a little bit. We're going to get into verse 13 because here he's getting into the message about this very, very sacred day. It's called the day of Sabbath, the day of rest. And he's trying to teach his people what it looks like to have a true Sabbath, right? As we come on Sunday to worship, what does it look like to actually have a Sunday Sabbath before God? And so we're going to learn the second point, which is the importance of delight. Everyone say delight for me. All right. Isaiah chapter 58 verse 13. This is what he says. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor, if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, okay? He's going to jump into the issue of the Sabbath and he's going to talk about the sacred rest. He's going to tell us, on this day, do you know how you begin to cultivate a heart for God? How you begin to cultivate a heart for Him? It is to honor this Sabbath. See, 
when it comes to the Sabbath, I'm the worst at this guy. I'm not going to lie. I am the worst at doing the Sabbath, right? Um, you know your pastor. I'm all about like getting things done, okay? Like nonstop. And resting is not a thing that I do very well, right? And I have to preach the next month or so on rest. Or at least me and Evan's going to team tag team. Evan's going to do a lot better than me, I guarantee you, right? Uh, about this resting thing. But, um... I'm going to do my best to give you the background, the heart, and the theology behind it. I just, I'm preaching to myself too here, guys. I'm not just preaching to you. This is to me. I'm just as bad. Here I am doing all these things. And the conviction of the word says, it's great. But where's your heart? Mm. Okay. See, God's purpose for us on the Sabbath is that we experience the highest and the most intense joy that can be experienced. You know what that is? Delight in the Lord. That's what he's trying to say. It ought to be that on this day, the greatest joy that you experience is delighting in Him. But here's the problem. A lot of believers, you and I, we prefer the simple little human pleasures that has nothing close to do with relationship to God. This is what God's saying. He's like, look, I know you're working hard. I know you have a lot of stuff to do. The Sabbath is meant to be a blessing, not a burden for you. Why are you making it sound like it's a burden? Oh, I have to take a rest. Oh, I have to stop doing stuff. God is saying this. If you would, if you would rest and take a day off from work to enjoy and delight in the things that really counts the most in life, God's saying, I will do for you in six days that you really believe you needed seven days to get done. I promise you that I will meet your needs in six days completely if you would rest on the seventh. This is not a burden. Sabbath is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be a blessing. You know what that means? That means if you are in school and you've been studying like crazy, right? That means that during the most intense time of finals, God is saying, rest. Take a day off. I will, get for you, I will get done for you in six days, which you really feel like you need seven days to do. That means if you are working, and it's like, see, if you're like a tax person, which is coming up, right? If you're a tax person, then during this season, right, God is saying, I know you're going to be working 24 hours, seven days a week, but I'm saying take a day off, and I promise you I will get things done in six days. Take it off from stressing. Take it off from striving. See, there's an importance here. It's not just take a day off and do whatever. It's take a day off and to delight in Him. Here's the problem. See, the reason why some of us, we feel like taking a day off and just kind of coming to this whole church process and doing this whole church thing, it feels like a burden. It feels like I have to do it. If I don't do it, PT is going to nag. Or if I don't do it, I don't show up. I don't even know if you show up or not. If I don't show up now, right? Um, and I'm going to feel guilty. You know, my mom is in the next room. If she don't see me playing this thing, she's going to get upset with me. If my dad doesn't hear me um, having this on, on, on volume like 80, he's going to be mad at me, right? And so you feel like it's a burden to come to God on this day. And the reason why a lot of us, we, we, we feel like it's a burden is because we, uh, we have so much leisure around us, right? We don't, feel, we don't feel the need for a Sabbath rest. We'd rather go to the beach. We'd rather watch the game. We'd rather go to the movies. We'd rather have a party. More importantly, the reason why I think, honestly, let's be honest here, okay? Why I think a lot of us, we don't enjoy the Sabbath as much. The reason why we don't really enjoy what God intended us to enjoy in the Sabbath, right? 
is simply because we don't really enjoy Him. See, what He wants us to enjoy on the Sabbath is Himself. See, the question is, how do I, how do I captivate a heart of delight for my God? Take a Sabbath rest and delight in Him. Take a Sabbath rest. See, the Sabbath, if you come to the Sabbath and God is telling you to enjoy something, enjoy Him, and you do not enjoy it, you know what it's telling you? Do you know what that even that meant, that, that mindset is telling you? It's telling you it's time to repent because it reveals what's really in your heart. That if the greatest joy that we have as believers is to worship our God, if the greatest joy of, of us as believers is to connect with God, and we don't find joy in that, we don't find depth in that, we don't find relationship in that, then there is something wrong with our heart, and the Sabbath tells us that. No wonder, no wonder why you're serving, you're doing your stuff, and you don't experience His power. No wonder why you're doing your disciplines, you're fasting, you're, you're praying, you're doing your studies, and you don't experience Him. You see, it's great that you're doing it, but you don't have a heart for me. Well, how do you know I don't have a heart for you, God? Because on the day that you're supposed to delight in me, you'd rather enjoy something else. Isn't it true? When you come before God on this day and He invites you to enjoy what we don't enjoy, Him, it reveals the evil of our hearts and it tells us that it's time to repent and change. What ought to be happening here in this day, guys, is delight. The importance of delighting in God in the Sabbath time. Do you delight in God? Do you delight in His Word? Do you delight in His worship? Do you delight in reading Christian books or even taking meditative strolls? Do you delight in meeting with Him? I know some of you guys at home are thinking, man, that sounds kind of boring, PT. I know. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I have that feeling too, right? But that tells us something. On the day of Sabbath, when we're called to delight, what do we see? We feel it as a burden. And that tells us something. That tells us what's actually in our hearts, guys. No wonder. No wonder we see a generation that fails to experience the power of their God. No wonder we see a generation has, that, has, that has failed to see God's power work in their lives to transform their world. No wonder we have seen the lack of conviction. We do church, but we have no heart. And probably it's because we lack delight. So last and following question is what? How do we find it? How do we find this delight in God? Alright? Everybody say the word. Say His name. Alright? You know it. Jesus. Type it out. Jesus. How do we find delight? Look at verse 14. This is what he says. If you would delight in me, then you will find your joy in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. See, this is salvation and covenant and promise language. This is the language of a promise. See, when we are captured by the beauty of Jesus, 
when we are captured once again by recognizing and realizing what it is that He has done for us, when we, when we are brought back to the reminder that if it wasn't for Him, we would have nothing. This past week, I'll give you an example. This past week, um, I've been meditating and it was something my, my mom shared uh, a while ago, right? Uh, to uh, Home and Kim when they came over a while ago, a while ago, right? Um, she she sh- shared with them a story about like how when I lived in New York, I was this sickling child. I was like this like like broken kid. I, I was like out tw- 31 days. She said I was like sick 20 of those days, right? And Home was like, that's impossible. Look at this fool. He's like, yeah, look at this guy. He ain't called fool. He's like, look at this guy, right? He's big as an ox, right? How can he possibly be sick all the time? She said, I didn't know. New York just wasn't there for him. And then we moved to California. And when he moved to California, my mom was being, you know, her funny self. She said, he just blossomed. When she said blossom, he didn't, she didn't mean blossom. He, didn't, he blew up like a balloon physically, right? And I thought about that. I mean, it was supposed to be a, she was supposed to tell the story in a funny way. But as I thought about that, I, I, I begin to kind of think about God's story in my life. And I thought about how, how, he, how He took me from one place, from one place across the country to come all the way over here. And I was a Buddhist back then. You know, my family was Buddhist. So that here in this place, where I am healthy and I'm strong, that I would meet Him. You know what that told me? That, 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 that brought such comfort to my heart because I realized at that moment that He knew me before I was in the womb, Jeremiah 1.5. Before I was born, He has called me. He appointed me to be a prophet to the nations. And when I thought about that, and I thought about what He went through, the storyline that He put together, that He crafted together for my life, you know what I began to see? You know what I begin to recognize? My God is a good God. I am unworthy of the sacrifice of His Son. I'm unworthy that He would even call. I have no reason why. I don't even know why He would call me, but He would call me His. And I'm sure a lot of you guys out there have a very similar story. If you would just sit and think about the way God had placed your story and your life together to bring you to the place where you would call out His name. And when you remember him and you remember what he has done your heart begins to delight and when your heart begins to delight you begin to find him you begin to find him in your fasting you begin to find him in your reading you begin to find him in your solitude you begin to find him in your in the messages on sunday worship you begin to find joy and delight in him on Sunday worship. So church, I pray and I hope that you will restore the sacred rest of your soul. That in this season that you would delight in your God and remember Him so that your heart will always be able to experience what He always wants you to experience, the joy of knowing Him. Let's pray, church.